want to greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. And all those who are watching us online also, I want to greet you all. Welcome to our service. Pray that the Lord will minister to you. Amen. Even through the time of this word, may the Lord open your eyes to see new things. Amen. We're going to continue to progress across the year of purification. Amen. The Lord has ministered to us so much in this past uh, eight months, seven to eight months. We've been looking at uh, different aspects of purification and the Lord has been ministering so clearly. Let's continue to look into God's word and let's receive from God that which he has in store for us today. Father, we want to hear your voice. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. I pray, Lord, not a single person here, not a single person here must be able to ignore your voice. Pray that your voice will be heard clearly. 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 In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We were looking at how the anointing can become meaningless in a person's life. Amen. Very ironic statement. Very... It kind of does, it, it, the, the mere consideration of that statement does something to us. I, I want to repeat that one more time. The anointing can become meaningless in a person's life. Unless the person willingly chooses to subject his life under the power and influence of the same. Man, do you hear that? Unless a person allows the power of the anointing to influence him, the anointing has, can become meaningless, irrelevant. And uh, the case study under consideration was that of King Saul, amen? The life of King Saul. And last week we were looking at how King Saul blew up the opportunity of a lifetime. Hello, are you all here? He blew up the opportunity of a lifetime which came to him as expressed by the, the words of the prophet Samuel, what have you done? Samuel asked him that question, what have you done? What have you done, Saul? When, when Saul took matters into his own hands at Gilgal, decided to offer up the burnt offerings before Samuel came, uh, the Lord confronted him, his rash behavior, by asking him, what have you done? As God's people, I want to encourage you, never ignore when God's, uh, God is asking you questions. You must not ignore the questions of God. Man. And I want you to, under, I want you to know that God has, he has questions to ask us. He, ha, he has questions to ask us. In fact, uh, in the Garden of Eden, we see that the Lord asked three questions. Do you remember? God asked three questions. At the fall of man. He came around, he couldn't see man or his wife. And he asked, where are you? First question, God asked, where are you? And then finally they showed up and then they presented excuses before God as to why they were hiding. God asked a second question, who told you? Who told you? Where are you? Who told you? And even when they were trying to justify all those things that they did, the third question came, what is this you have done? Man, hallelujah. Three, 
three important questions man was asked by God. In fact, what is interesting about these three questions is if you ask these three questions, it can define your life right now. Where are you? Who told you or who are you listening to? What is it that you've done? What are you doing? Three questions. You must know that God, the Spirit of God wants to ask us these questions. These questions must be our constant con consideration. When we live our life on this earth, we must constantly consider these three questions. Where am I? Where am I? Am I where God, where God wants me to be? Me to be, sorry. Am I where God wants me to be? Who told you? As in who is speaking to me? Whose voice am I listening to? You should always ask yourself, whose voice am I? Listening to the third question, what is it that you've done? Your actions, does it reflect the counsel of God? Does it go in line with the counsel of God? Man, ask these three, ask these three, these three questions every day of your life. Ask these three questions. I mean, allow the Lord to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to raise questions in your life. Man, let Him ask questions to you. Hallelujah. And then later we see how Saul failed again with regards to how he handled the Amalekites. We looked at that last week. In fact, this is what we considered last week. The command was to... Huh? What's the, right, what's the word? Uh, yeah, I wipe out. Utterly, say utterly. Utterly destroy, wipe out, annihilate. Utterly destroy. It's like, you know, God, God will tell, God told Saul to keep the things of the Amalekites under a ban. That's what it means. Keep it under a ban, meaning don't touch it. Don't have it. Don't take it. Destroy it. Remember the, the sin of Akhan, Akhan, yeah. Uh, you know, he was asked, they were asked to destroy everything, but he kept some things to himself. Likewise, here also we are seeing the same, same mistake. The same mistake, utterly destroy. Keep those things of the Amalekites. Keep those worldly things. Keep those evil things under a ban. I want you to know, as Christians, there are things that God has kept under a ban. Which he wants us to utterly destroy. And if the word is to utterly destroy, we must utterly destroy those, those things. The presence of those things in our lives. Man, take it seriously. When God is asking you to utterly destroy something, take it seriously. I mean, Saul thought, okay, God is a, I mean, he's a kind God. He's a, he's a gracious God. But the cost of disobedience, the cost of disobedience is great, is big, is huge, unimaginable. Man, so much is at stake if you disobey, if you go against the voice of God. So what happened to Saul? He allowed the people to keep a, a part of the spoil to themselves and God was displeased with him. Amen. Let's read that uh, section one more time and let's see what the Lord has to minister to us today. First Samuel chapter 15 on chapter 15 verse 22 onwards. Samuel said, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of divination. And insubordination is as the iniquity, is as iniquity and idolatry. 
because you have rejected the word of the lord he has also rejected you from being king what do you know no worldly title no worldly title is permanent no worldly title is permanent but the word of the lord endures for amen if you have god's word that's all that you need saul thought he can he can hold on to that title forever and he despised the eternal word of god which came to him amen hallelujah are you getting this then saul said to samuel i have sinned i have indeed transgressed he tried to defend himself earlier but now we see i have sinned i have indeed transgressed the command of the lord and your words because i feared the people and listened to their voice i feared the people see fear of people is a snare fear of man is a snare somebody are you getting this fear of man is a snare it throws a net before you i feared the people and listened to their who told you who told you whose voice are you listening to siri alexa whose voice are you listening to your friend that social media influencer whose voice are you listening to look at this because i feared the people and listened to their voice therefore please pardon my sin and return with me that i may worship the lord but but samuel said to saul i will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the lord and the lord has rejected you from being king over israel that which thing that you wanted the most that which you that which thing that you treasured the most that title that you tried to keep for yourself the lord is going to strip you of it is rejecting you as king and samuel turned to go as samuel turned to go saul seized the edge of his robe and it tore so samuel said to him the lord has torn the kingdom of israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you and also the glory of israel the strength of israel some version says the glory of israel will not lie or relent or change his mind i love this verse the glory of israel will not lie god will not lie god will not relent god will not change his mind for he is not a man that he should change his mind the problem is we treat god like man that's the problem we are so familiar with the ways of man we think god will fall into the category of human nature but god is far from that god's nature is far from human nature he does not think like a man he does not behave like a man he does not perceive like a man he does not judge like a man he does not see things like a man he does not speak like a man he does not listen like a man why because he is god a man he is god the reason for habitual sin is because you treat god like man the reason for habitual sin the reason why you fall into sin over and over and over is because you treat god like 
God is God will overlook that because you're so used to people overlooking offenses you are so used to people overlooking errors sure god is merciful more merciful than any man can be but god has a standard man high standard is called holiness say holiness man and his desire and his sole purpose concerning your life is that you are found according to his standard man the glory of israel will not lie or change his mind for he is not a man that he should change his mind then he said i have sinned but please honor me oh this love for honor please honor me i have sinned i have sinned but please honor me i mean how does that work how does that work i mean what does honor have to do with sin somebody help me here what does honor have to do with sin because the bible says the wages of sin is not honor the wages of sin is death not honor then why is it that this man having understood or having finally admitted that he has sinned is still seeking honor he must be saying strip me off my kingship i just want forgiveness forgive me but i've done, i've sinned i've sinned i want no honor all i want is the forgiveness of god but this man is saying honor me honor me but please honor me says please honor me now before the elders of my people is always about the people is always about what other people are perceiving see you must not live a life based on other people's perceptions concerning your life you must be so mindful of, of what god is thinking about me you see you must awaken every day you must get up every morning thinking or considering what is god thinking about me right now through the day you must live every action that you do everything that you do everything that you engage in must be based on your consideration what is god thinking about what i am doing now if you're going to live based on what other people are going to think you're going to live a life of pretense honor me please honor me i've sinned but honor me what honor do you want you have you are on the wrong side with god why do you want to, why do you want to be on the right side with people does it matter to you i with me if you're on the wrong side with god does it matter that you're on the right side with people in fact the bible says just the opposite if god is for us then who can be against us you must not be fearing people you must not be fearing their opinions you must not be bothered about what they think about you all that consumes you must be what god is thinking about me right now That's right if god is against us that's right that is also there if god is against us the opposite if god is against us then who can be for us the life of saul is the lesson for every christian as to how not to live your life yes we can you know, we may we may commit error we may fall into you know some sort of uh, mistake but the forgiveness of god is the forgiveness of god that's what we want we must not go after god for the sake of honor from people because that is so irrelevant 
what is relevant to you right now is to be to understand the forgiveness of god so samuel went back following saul and saul worshiped the lord and samuel said bring me agag the king of the amalekites or agag and agag came to him cheerfully and agag said surely the bitterness of death is past you know many many philosophies in the world are having such a thought inside the church today i told you last week many philosophies many evil philosophies many kinds of sins types of sins are right now feeling like this inside the church because the anointed of the lord are not doing anything about it that's why the instruction was to wipe out utterly destroy bring an end to it this man agag is the representative the personification of evil say evil the personification of sin the personification of worldliness the personification of paganism amen and when god said destroy utterly destroy everything every man every woman every child every infant every beast of this land of this people why because he wanted to wipe out evil he wanted to wipe out sin from their midst but the people had fallen in love with the world they fallen in love with the hello why are you looking at me like oh. some of you giving me that look i can't see that that's exactly what the bible is saying and god told them to destroy utterly he allowed them to remain he allowed the people to take the spoil for themselves whatever is good whatever is best they kept for themselves and look at what what how god responded to that agag came to him cheerfully and agag said surely the bitterness of death is past but samuel said as your sword has made women childless so shall your mother be childless among women and samuel hewed agag to pieces before the lord at gilgal then samuel went to rama but saul went up to his house at gibeah of saul and samuel did not see saul again until the day of his death for samuel grieved for samuel grieved for samuel grieved over saul and the lord regretted that he had made saul king over israel the lord regretted say regretted the lord regretted that he having made saul the king over israel the sad part of this account is that samuel never samuel never went to see saul again that was the last time they both had an encounter because god forbid samuel from going to saul again that's what happened because the lord regretted because of which samuel hello what does the bible say the lord regretted because of which samuel grieved say grieved do you know that there are places that god doesn't want you to go for some of you it's like oh there are places that god will not permit you to go it can be a familiar place it can be a place that you're used to but god will not permit you to go why because he is regretting something concerning that place and he is grieved about that place and you must feel the grief of god concerning that place there are people that god will ask you not to meet again 
Hello, God is speaking to somebody here. There are people that God will ask you not to meet again. There are places that God will forbid you from going again. I mean, why is it that as Christians, we don't understand these things? We think that we can go wherever we want. We can meet with whoever we want to meet with. No. In fact, you must see a life with the spirit of God must be such that you must be so fussy about where are you going? Who you're meeting, what you're saying, what you're doing. So when you choose to live a life, letting the preferences of God have a preeminence over your preferences, letting the preferences of God have priority over your preferences, that's when you start to realize that, yes, God will ask me to not go to some places. I don't know, how many of you, is it, is it just me today? Is it just me today? I have experienced this countless times. The Lord has said, don't go. Lord will tell me, don't not meet. Yeah, many times. My wife knows this. I know about the, this about her also, and she knows about this about this me about me also. That there are there are places that God has forbidden us to go. There are people that God has forbidden us to meet. Because the Lord is grieved. He does not want us to go and put on a, a pretense. There are places that God will ask you to avoid. He will ask you to avoid. I'm anointed. I can go wherever. I have the Spirit of God in me. I can go wherever I want. No, you cannot. Because you have the Spirit of God in you, you cannot go wherever you want. You can only go where He wants you to go. You didn't know that. That's the truth that we must understand about the Spirit of God. Because you have the Spirit of God, you cannot go everywhere you want to go. And you cannot be with people that you want to be with. The anointing, say anointing. We are considering anointing versus character. The anointing must become so real to you. It must become so real that you cannot silence the anointing. It must become so real to you that you cannot silence the anointing. When the anointing is speaking, you cannot but hear, but listen and respond. Today the problem is when the anointing is speaking, you are distracted, you are, you are in your own world, you are dreaming, you are daydreaming, you are, your mind is somewhere else, the anointing is speaking loud and clear to you. But you are not there. What the Holy Spirit says must be the most important thing in your life. The most important thing right now is what God has spoken to you right now. See, you must get delivered from ignoring the voice of God. You actually need deliverance. If anybody has a problem ignoring the voice of God, come for prayer. We'll pray for you. You must get free of that. It's a, it's a, it's a disease. It's a, it's a dreaded demonic oppression in your life. Ignoring the voice of God. When the moment God speaks to you, you fall asleep. The moment... The man of God starts to preach, you are sleepy. The moment you open the Bible, you, you get distracted. The moment you, know, you, you are considering some, some scripture, you are trying to meditate on it, you get a phone call. I'm telling you, 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 you need deliverance. There's a demon. There's a demon right by your side, distracting you from the very voice of God. And you're accommodating the demon to come around with you, wherever you go. What happens? You will never hear the voice of God. 
you have you have time for everything else you have energy for everything else you have you have resources for everything else you have you can be attentive in ev- for every other thing that you do but in the presence of god when god is speaking to you you cannot why that's a sign of the demonic activity in your life deal with it prayerlessness is something you must deal with you can't pray pastor i don't know why i just can't pray there is a demon trying preventing you from praying get rid of that demon i can't remember the last time i had a i had my quiet time get rid of that demon i don't feel like going to church i'm telling you the demon speaking to you the demon is giving instruction to you saying don't go to church there's no use in going to church there's a demon because the demon knows if you go to church you'll get delivered the demon knows if you if you if you open god's word you will get so demon is more sensible than you smarter than you sad to say and as christians we are, we, are, we live so foolishly the bible says live wise be wise do not be foolish how can you live wise what what will the wise man do what will the you tell me what will the wise man do put his feet up and and go to sleep when god is speaking is that what the wise man will do what what did jesus say about the wise man he will build his house on what on the words of jesus christ so do not at any cost do not ignore the voice of god do what god says come what may do what god says come what may do not turn away from the counsel of god do not do not to the left or to the right the anointing must not be grieved look at this this is the it's a new testament instruction do not grieve the holy spirit of god by which you have been sealed for the day of redemption the bible says do you even know the scripture do you even know the scripture like that do not grieve the holy spirit of god by which you have been sealed for the day of redemption and here we have an example in the old testament how the holy spirit was grieved samuel grieved why it's not a personal thing that samuel had against saul he grieved because the lord regretted concerning the life of saul when 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 saul committed those mistakes and fell into error When Saul committed those mistakes and fell into error, he had become so numb, he felt no grief about it. Hello? Who are we talking about? The anointed king of Israel felt no grief about the mistake that he committed. Is he anointed? Did he have the spirit of God in him? But when he did the mistake, when he went against the word of God, the clear-cut instruction from god he felt no grief about it all that concerned him was please honor me please honor me don't leave me please honor me i want to just go and stand before the people and worship i just want to be in church i want to go to church and pretend like everything is okay honor me where is the brokenness see god said a broken and a contrite spirit i will not despise 
So if there is sin in your life, there must be brokenness in your life. Get rid of it. Get rid of sin. There is no grieving. The anoint, he could not feel the grief of the, holy, the, the anointing. That's how disconnected he was from the anointing. Hello? So it is possible to be disconnected. Somebody. It is possible to be disconnected from the anointing. And do your own thing. So these are things that Christians must understand. You must know this. It is possible. It is possible. There is the possibility of the human flesh is such that it can clutter your space with the Holy Spirit. The possibility, the potential, say potential. The potential of the, the flesh, your flesh, the potential of your flesh is such that it can stand in the way of you hearing the voice of God. At war, that's right, flesh and spirit are at war against each other. He felt nothing. Saul felt nothing. No grief, no regret, no tears. The Bible does not even say he cried. The Bible does not even say that he cried. He never cried. Can you, can you dig that? He was caught red-handed. God found out, called out his sin, word for word. And the man didn't have a tear to Shed, not even a tear. Not even a teardrop to shed. How stubborn can we get before God? See, the condition of man's heart. Okay, we are dealing with the condition of man's heart. We must understand this is, how, this is what the heart is capable of. This is what the heart is capable of. We must also understand what the Spirit of God is capable of. Amen. Hallelujah. The only way you can bring your life in subjection to the will of God is by allowing. Say allowing. Allowing the Holy Spirit, the anointing, to do His work in our lives. But the anointing in Samuel grieved. Can you believe that? Saul who did the mistake, there was no grief. The anointing, he could not feel the anointing grieving. But Samuel, the one who anointed him, the one who ordained him, he felt the grief of the Holy Spirit. That is why you can be with a group of people, all Christians, some don't feel anything when the presence of God hits, but some people feel like worshipping from, from the word go. So I have an advice for all of you. Don't wait for your husband to start worshipping. Don't wait for your wife to start worshipping. Don't wait for your friend don't wait for your brother, your sister. You know that there's a song, an old um, Negro spiritual song. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Have you heard the song? Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. So you must, every time you come into the presence of God, you must know, you must know it is about you. It's about you. Because there can be people who feel numb in the presence of God. 
like Saul. He felt he was numb. He was insensitive to what the Spirit of God was telling him, revealing to him. Insensitive. He felt no pain. He felt no regret. But Samuel, on the other hand, was so grieved to the point that he decided, I'm not going to go and visit this man ever again. He was so grieved. Why? Because God regretted concerning Saul. Do you even know, do you even know that the, the anointing has emotions which we must feel? How do you feel? Oh, I feel great. That's right. Anointing is a relationship. It's a relationship. You know, if my wife is not, you know, feeling happy on a given day, that'll affect me. That'll affect my children. Why? Because the woman of the house is moody. And vice versa. If I am not feeling up to it, if I feel sad about something, troubled about something, it affects her. It affects the children. Now, the, I, in fact, we have times when the kids will come and say, Appa, please smile. Amma, please smile. Be happy, Amma. Be happy, Appa. Why? Because it affects them. When we are not happy, it affects them. How is it between you and God? Does it affect you when He is troubled? Or to, to say that God is troubled and you can... If God feels regret about something, does it affect you? When God feels grief, do you know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? There are things that the Holy Spirit can feel grief about. How does it feel for you? Does that translate into your emotions? Does the emotions of the Holy Spirit translate into your emotions? Or do you have your own set of emotions that you go by? You never feel anything. Always numb. You don't care what God feels. You don't care what God feels. You don't, you don't feel what God feels. We must be more tuned into what the anointing can sense than what our flesh can sense. Did you hear what I said? I said you must be more tuned in to what the anointing can sense than to what your flesh can sense. Your senses must be tuned into what the anointing can sense. I, I feel hungry. I, I feel tired. That's your flesh. Hungry, tired, sleepy. That's what Jesus said. The spirit is? The spirit is? But the flesh is? He already said that about the spirit and the flesh then why are you depending on the flesh? Why are you tuned in to the flesh? You must be tuned in to the anointing. Man, you, you must be tuned in to the mind of Christ. You must be able to think with the mind of Christ. Perceive things with the mind of Christ. Now you can get rid of your calculations. You can stop your overanalyzing and your overthinking and get into the mind of Christ and perceive situations based on what God's word says about it. You know, I, I, see, this is disgusting, okay? This is disgusting. To see Christians, when we meet them, the only thing that they have to say is what the doctor said, what the consultant said, or what the media man said, what the newspaper said. They don't have anything about what God said. Disgusting. I'm telling you, it's a disgusting way to live life.
a disgusting way to live life. What did God say? What did God say? If you truly have a relationship with the anointing, you must be more bothered about what the anointing told you. Amen? Your life must be built on what the anointing taught you. Because the anointing is able to teach you all things, the Bible says. The anointing will teach you all things. All things. It's anointing. Now I remember the first time I heard the word anointing. I remember that. Around about the time I got saved or maybe a little before that. I had no clue about the anointing. I heard the word anointing. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? I, I, I don't know what all I thought about the word anointing. Sad to say many Christians, even after being Christians for so many years, still haven't figured out what the anointing is. Even Saul would say, I was anointed. But what, what is the anointing? What is the anointing? What is the anointing doing right now in your life? Man, hallelujah. You know, anoint, see, our understanding of anointing is a display of power. Our understanding of anointing is display of power. Do you know that it is only the, the outer fringes, the, the outermost fringes of what the anointing is doing, can do in your life. So if you're, if you're, that's why Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, don't run after signs. He said that. Huh? That's why disciples came and reported about signs. He said, take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. You, you have seen demons flee? Yeah, take it easy. I mean, that's, See, we must be able to live in the anointing to such an extent that we are not even aware of what the anointing is doing. Like, you know, you walk into a room. You're not even aware what's going on. Demons are fleeing. People are getting healed. Man, strongholds are falling. You don't have to do anything about it because the anointing is coming with you. Man, that's how much you must be uh, in tandem with the anointing. We are not, you're not striving for something. It, it just happens. It just happens. Jesus also asked them, why do you follow me? You are following me for the sake of the signs? You are following me for the sake of the signs? Sad. Sad. That's what, that's what you want to see. Why don't you go and see, take the tickets for the, the magic show? That's right. Take some tickets for the magic show. And watch all that you want. Oh, call the Egyptians, uh, the magicians of Egypt. They can do some of those things that you think. See, the anointing is the person of God who will establish his nature, his will, his power in you. That's why you can be a king who came from obscurity. What a miracle that is. The man came searching for a donkey. 
the kind of effect the anointing had on him transformed him changed the man that he was changed his personality he became a king just like that yeah but now then you the next time you see him he is still confused you know why he never had a relationship he never had a relationship he never pursued that's the right word he never he, and in fact the bible the bible says that why god overlooked saul because god was looking for something else what was god looking for a man after man after and saul was not think about it saul was not a man after his heart yes saul was handsome he was a choice person he was a mighty man of valor he had the potential but he was not a man after god's heart so pay attention to the spirit pay attention to the spirit what is the spirit saying what is a see you must start to live your life like that what is the spirit telling me what is the spirit what can i sense in the spirit you're discouraged what can i sense in the spirit you hear a ba- bad report what can i hear in the spirit you come across a situation which is complex and 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 so disappointing tune in tune in tune in tune in what is the spirit telling me about it Ephesians 4 verse 30 Do not grieve the holy spirit of God by whom you were by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption So that's the that's I would say that's the most important aspect of the holy spirit the most important function of the holy spirit him sealing you for the day of redemption that's why you must not grieve him not because you can show of power no but because he has sealed you for the day of redemption somebody listen to this somebody listen to this somebody listen to this you cannot you must not grieve the holy spirit because you are sealed by the holy spirit for the day of redemption you you want more reasons than that Do you want more reasons than that for not grieving the Holy Spirit? I'm telling you that's one one heavy instruction for the Christian. There is one heavy instruction not taught in the churches anymore. I don't know why. In fact, it's in the same chapter that talks about the church. do not grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption you must not do anything that causes grief to the holy spirit don't be explained further it means you must not look you must not hear you must not touch you must not think huh you must not speak anything that'll bring grief to the holy spirit hello to begin with you have to learn what will bring b- a grief to the christians don't know what can bring grief to the holy spirit for that you need to have a relationship because you don't have a relationship with the holy spirit you don't know or you have not pursued it see you can be married to a person and not know nothing about the person and know nothing about the person you can be married to a person and not know anything about that person 
is all about you your ways your your ways and your likings and your preferences so marriage does not necessarily result in relationship somebody do you know that marriage does not necessarily result in relationship you have to pursue say pursue see in every relationship you have to pursue the heart of the other person to know the person true with god also you're born again your salvation life you're born again life is a life where you pursue the heart of god you must pursue what's in the heart of god you have to give heed to the word of god so this man did not do any of those things saul he forgot if he forgot can you believe he forgot what god spoke to him he never pursued the heart of god in fact saul when confronted by the the man of god saul repeatedly say repeatedly repeatedly said this i've i've obeyed god in fact the part of his salutation was that blessings or uh peace be to you whatever he said and then he said i've obeyed i've obeyed god i've obeyed i've carried out the commandment of god did he no he did not then when he was asked and what then is the bleating of the sheep the the lowing of the the oxen he said i've obeyed god but i've obeyed god but listen your version of obedience <laughs> okay listen are you ready for this your version of obedience can still be disobedience unto god some of you didn't get it your version of obedience can still be christians must know this as christians you must know this your version of obedience can still be disobedience unto god i tell my children partial obedience is delayed obedience is also <laughs> so we know how to teach our children all these things but with our relation in our relationship with god we don't remember all these things but um, our mantra at home is we tell our kids partial obedience disobedience delayed obedience disobedience but with god we don't we don't follow the, that standard why is that why is it that we don't follow the same standard in our relationship with our father see Saul had accomplishments to present before God I did this your accomplishments can still bring regret to God he was enlisting his accomplishments what did God feel say regret do you know that you can you can stand before God and 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 uh, brag about your accomplishments I did this I did that and God can still feel regret oh god can still feel regret about your accomplishments that's what that's what happened to saul he was bragging i did this i obeyed you i did this god felt regret regret i made him king i regret your happy moments of fun and frolic frolic can be grievous under the holy spirit listen to this church i don't care what's your 
what's your background like i don't care how your family functions i don't care what culture you are from but if your fun and frolic does not align with that of god's word you bring grief to the holy spirit it might be a lot of fun and laughter it might be a lot of partying but it brings grief to the holy spirit you look like a clown you look like a clown in the eyes of the world because you're 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 not walking in a manner worthy of his calling there is a there is a manner you there is a manner in which you ought to walk which is worthy of his high calling you cannot be forgetful about the high calling of god upon your life and switch off just for the sake of having fun because you fear people so at the end of the day that's what you want acceptance from people you have you fear or you you fear all those people who are influenced by you whether they will leave you because you are a no fun person so you want to present yourself as a a fun person our sense of fun is terrible i'm telling you terrible i'm telling you terrible some some of us christians have such terrible sense of fun see god is not against fun so jesus was a fun guy i believe in that but not the kind of fun that we pursue huh that's right that's right because he this man was smiling he was he was having fun we took the spoil we took the spoil we got the best standing before god grieved god is grieved accomplishments i i killed all the men all the bad beast also i killed god feel regret your right can still be wrong before god there is a way that seems right to man <laughs> the end of it is destruction see sad to say this but modern day christianity is trending with such self approved ways what is trending in modern day christianity modern day churches is self approved ways not the ways of the bible not the ways of god's word self approved what is right what feels right we do it we endorse it we teach it we follow it we we subscribe to it i told you, you know that there's just and this is a i mean you you can listen to uh, some of these modern day influencers christian influencers some of the things that they say there is no word at all there is no quoting the scriptures they will never say what the word says because there is no backing for what they do in god's word but they will sound very profound sound very wise and deep now how some christians live <laughs> to many christians the like button gives more validation than god's word ah that's right the like button is the the god button the thumbs ups that you see and the heart signs that you see validates 
what has more validity the like button or the word of god are you sure that's right it is not enough to be endorsed by your followers it is not enough to be endorsed by your followers you may have a million followers putting like buttons like buttons for every nonsense that you bring about like buttons every crap that you put put up on on social media like buttons all your actions get endorsed by your followers saul by the way saul had the endorsement of his followers for what he did his followers endorsed it they approved of it great job you are a great king what an amazing leader you are you allowed us to you allowed us to go and get the best of the land you allowed us to retain the best of the land you allowed us to take hold of the spoil of our war what an amazing leader you are hail king saul they all said that is the ancient like button why what for what they got he got endorsed for breaking the commandment of god can you take it they got an he got endorsed by his followers he, he got approved or attested by his followers for breaking the very commandment of god listen all of you all of you listen listen all of you all of you who hit oppress the like button to anything that you come across god will hold you accountable god will hold you accountable you know why because your like button can cause a weakling to stumble you being a christian approving of something in the eyes of somebody else who does not know the word much you know what you're doing you're causing the person to stumble and this is wonder about it this is wonder about this is wonder about it is better for you is better for you should i repeat that should i go there if you are causing the little ones to stumble is better for you better for you to be millstone to be hung around your isn't that what what he said God will hold you accountable your like or your heart can potentially cause another person to stumble because with the press of a button you just validated something which heaven despised just the press of button very you, it 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 feels very harmless do everybody do this just do this on any surface maybe if you have your phone you can take it out and just do this it gives a high ah nice feel so good feel so good did you did you test the spirit did you test the spirit whether whether it is from god did you test the spirit behind what you just liked did it test the spirit behind what you just approved 
as a christian i'm telling you you don't have license to do whatever you want whether it is social media or day to day life or your house or your college wherever it is you can't why because the anointing is in you because you have the anointing in you you cannot because what you do can grieve can bring grief to the holy spirit do you know that your giggle or even your smile can have the same effect there are times when i'll i'll be like you know giving a very subtle smile to something very demonic which is happening right before me just a very subtle smile immediately i will hear the holy spirit why are you smiling what is there to smile it brings shivers down the spine and i'll ask forgiveness why are you smiling just for the sake of not offending say not offending we don't want to offend anybody anyway not part of the conversation so you were just uh, you were just sitting there not part of the conversation but something was exchanged something was mentioned which is so demonic just not to offend you says so, uh, all of you do this small smile show me that small smile thompson yeah you look good so that we not offend your small smile your small smile can have a deep effect on the conscience of another person about which you must you must be mindful about huh it's a silent approval silent approval no if if you can't if you can't be a part of a conversation leave the gang leave the gang leave the gang if you can't influence the gang leave the gang if you can't influence the gang with the, the word of god leave the gang that's not your gang it's okay it's okay maybe god will give you opportunity some other time when the opportunity comes take it but if you are one of those persons who will laugh at every stupid joke every foul joke every every profane joke just so that the person who said it and the people who are laughing along with you will not get offended you are despising god the spirit of god in you is grieved see that's why it must be a reality for you all of you touch your touch your heart or maybe your belly wherever you want to okay the holy spirit say holy spirit can you feel him here right here the holy spirit right here feels emotions can you feel those emotions see saul had a very strong point to justify his disobedience he presented that it was for the sake of worship hmm the spoil was kept aside the animals were not utterly destroyed why because for, for, for your god and we want to offer it as sacrifice unto your god that is when god drops the question which strips saul of every excuse has the lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the lord you 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 think that those sheep those oxen those donkeys those whatever you have kept aside for the sake of worship as any has any effect on me do you think i delight in those things more than your obedience 
behold to obey you heard about that this morning to obey say obey say obey behold to obey is better than and to heed than the fat of rams see you can try to cover up your disobedience in the guise of pseudo spirituality it's very easy to hide to cover up it's a cover up you know many things that christians do, do today is just a cover up for the disobedience a license that's right some of the hallelujahs and the amens are just a cover up i'm telling you scary scary i'm telling you because god said he will he will you will have to give an account for every so you doing something something absolutely weird and demonic and then or saying something something absolutely crazy and then they just placing that amen or hallelujah or praise god between that squeezing that christian word lingo into your it does not right your wrong it does not make right the wrong that you just committed you see i'm i'm doing this for god we hear that no i'm doing this for god by by being here and doing this i'm reaching out to the world the kind of excuses that you come across now we can reach out to more people if you do this if you act like this by by doing this i'm able to use my connections and network for the glory of god god is god in heaven is regretting so regretting the holy spirit in that person is grieving see god is only pleased by your obedience your christianese does not make any sense to god it's nonsense to god you know that your christianese what is christianese the language of christians yeah your christianese like i said the amens and the praise gods and the hallelujahs and all that that you just try to squeeze in and by the grace of god by the grace of god praise god i could for god it is nonsense god in heaven thinks nonsense i regret huh that's right it comes a strange fire under god it can it can sound strange under god it can sound foreign it's foreign it's not heavenly it's foreign it's it's paganistic that's right in fact i want to look at the scripture that is in no i want to look at the other scripture. romans chapter 2 let me see if i can get it where paul is addressing the jews verse 17 onwards so he is addressing the the reliance of the jews on to the law and is exposing their double standards the hypocrisy of these jews who are trying to claim that they are low abiding uh, you know believers whereas they are not okay let's look at that but if you bear the name of jew and rely verse 17 onwards is it up and rely upon the law and bo- boast in god and know his will and approve the things that are essential being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind you're confident that you are a guide to the blind you're the light of the world and a light to those who are in darkness a corrector of the foolish a teacher of the immature having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and of truth you therefore who teach another do you not teach yourself ha oh, 
you who therefore teach one another another do you not teach yourself you who preach that one should not steal do you steal you who say that one should not commit adultery do you commit adultery you who abhor idols do you rob temples you boast in the law through your breaking the law do you dishonor god and verse 4 says for the name of god is blasphemed among the gentiles because of you and and see i'm telling you some some of us christians are guilty of this the name of the lord is blasphemed in the world because of the way we live our lives that's why we must we must we must always put our life under the scanner of god's word do you know that there are people who are observing you whether you know it or not your neighborhood is observing you what are you doing on a sunday your neighborhood is observing you there are people who are observing you in fact some of them express disbelief oh, oh, how come you are today sunday right you supposed to be in church how, how come you you say like that you are a christian you are not supposed to speak like that do the unbelievers will take your case unbelievers the world will take your case i've seen it with my eyes unbelievers going in total disbelief at the way christians behave and every time you know if anything like that happens in my life i feel so miserable that if i am the person who brings dishonor to my god because the way i lived my life before some unbeliever and i ask the lord for to forgive me and to give me grace so that i will not repeat it again that's the truth of the matter the name of the lord is blasphemed amongst the gentiles amongst the world because of you your behavior god forbid it must not be in your life you must understand the most important aspect of christian life you know what it is the most important the most important aspect of christian life what is that It's obedience see you didn't even know that i asked you like okay prayer maybe worship maybe going to church it is obedience the most important aspect Okay, I'll show you from Scripture. Mark, chapter twelve. Let me just check one minute. Yes, Mark chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight on. And one of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well. so there is a question okay before that let's not go into that question it's about um you know that that place where the question was asked who gets the wife that thing after the resurrection yeah so let's not go there but verse 28 and one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well that jesus had answered them well asked him what commandment is the foremost of all jesus answered the foremost of foremost is Hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength 
the second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these okay so jesus explained the two the 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 the, uh, the sum total of all the commandments love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself okay now look at the response and the scribe said to him right teacher you have truly stated that he is one and there is no one else besides him and to love him with all all the heart with all the understanding with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all burned offerings and sacrifices where is this guy taking us look at the next verse and when jesus saw that he had answered <laughs> look at that when jesus saw that he had answered intelligently he made sense of the commandment he put it together and he said it is better than burnt offerings and sacrifices to love your god means to obey your god he's a scribe he's a scribe he knows the word he's used to the word and he responded they put the previous verse previous verse please 33 and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all burned offerings and sacrifices simply put obedience is better than sacrifice so some total of the commandment of that's what jesus taught us some total okay you want more proof Jesus also said okay this is in uh, John chapter 14 that's right John 14 and verse this is 15 John 14 15 yeah that's right John cha- John chapter 14 and verse 15 put it up is there read it if you love me you'll keep my commandments say obedience the proof of your love is the proof of your love to god love for god is the proof of your love for god is hallelujah the man answered intelligently jesus jesus just put this across to him the sum total is this the foremost is this, love your god all your heart all your mind all your strength all your understanding all your wisdom yes love it love 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 your god and love your neighbor as yourself the man made sense of it he was intelligent he said yes i know that it is better than sacrifice huh that's right that's right hallelujah so the most important aspect of christian life is what oh you're not convinced the most important aspect of your christian life is what obedience unto god because that defines your identity the bible says these are the sons of god those who are led by the spirit of god so if you're not being led by the spirit of god you don't qualify to be recognized as a son of god or a child of god your identity your christian identity your identity as a child of god is proven by this your obedience unto god because that's the mark of your love for him that's the mark that's the the evidence of your love for god your obedience 
these are these are the sons of god those who are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god so do not try to lead the holy spirit in the direction that you want to go oh please don't say that don't make it so plain do not try to lead the holy spirit in the direction that you want him to come let the anointing take the lead let the anointing take the lead i'm telling you many christians are guilty of this you want to take the lead and expect the anointing to follow somebody are you led by the spirit of god are you trying to take the lead are you led by the spirit of god are you trying to take the lead of the spirit lead by lead i trying to lead the spirit of god do not try to carry the anointing to your preferred destinations allow the anointing to carry you now we 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 i have i've said this many times i carry an anointing in fact it was it, it was one of the things that i used to state in defining myself there's an anointing that i carry the lord corrected me you say that you you carry the anointing the truth is i am carrying you the anointing is the anointing is carrying you man that means i cannot go where i want to go i go where he wants me to go i go where he is carrying me man i speak what he is speaking tell your neighbor the anointing does not need your help tell your neighbor the anointing is the helper you are trying to help the holy spirit he does not need your help god does not need your help god is our help an ever present help an ever present help god is an ever present help luke 646 this is incredible jesus asks this question which you must never forget why do you call me lord lord and do not do what i ha ah. can make logic out of that question you call me lord lord but you don't do the things that i say why is it that you calling me you are wasting your time calling me lord lord if you call me lord lord you better do the things that i ask you to do because the acknowledgement of the lordship of jesus christ is in our obedience to his words a truly born again person will walk in obedience why because it's about see how do you get saved okay let's start with the basics how do you get saved when you confess with your mouth believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord you are saved okay so what is salvation believing and confessing the lordship of christ simple but here he is saying why do you call me lord why do you say that i am your lord why do you confess that i am lord over your life and not do the things that i command you to say so the proof of your salvation itself is in what in the obedience to god's word what was Saul's mistake 
he thought that yeah he thought that now that he's anointed to be king over israel the holy spirit is obliged to follow his whims and fancies and some of us think like that we have the holy spirit we think that whatever we do we get the approval of the holy spirit that is wrong that is not how it is it does not work like that you are a christian does not mean that what comes to you naturally will get approved of god no it does not mean that that's what Saul thought now i am king i'm given the title i'm the ruler over his inheritance i can do what i want i can bypass the commandment of god i can fall short of the standards of god and still be okay wrong thought wrong thought that is there's a wrong thought because you're anointed there's a responsibility because you're anointed there's a responsibility you are a steward say steward you are a steward your anointing is stewardship your gifting is stewardship your calling is stewardship it comes with responsibility it comes with great responsibility now when we met on august 15th for a day of prayer you now we considered the biblical truth that it is the responsibility of the church which the church has forgotten it's the responsibility of the church to pray and intercede and to make changes on this earth see we see your anointing comes with a responsibility freely given freely received freely give freely receive freely give it's a responsibility hallelujah Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. First few verses. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve our soul? See, one thing about, one thing about being connected to God is He will not allow us to stay in our grief. If you're connected to the Spirit of God, He will not. there can be situations that you go through wherein you are grieving you are saddened but he will not allow the the see the joy of the lord is our strength so he will not allow how long will you grieve our soul since i have rejected him from being king over israel fill your horn with oil and go i will send you to jesse the bethlehemite for i have selected a king for myself among his sons and samuel said how can i go when Saul hears of it he will kill me and the lord said take a heifer with you and say i have come to sacrifice to the lord and you shall invite jesse to the sacrifice and i will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint for me the one whom i designate to you said designate so samuel did what the lord said and came to bethlehem and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said do you come in peace and he said i pe- in peace i have come to sacrifice to the lord consecrate yourself and come with me to the sacrifice and he also consecrated jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice verse 6 when they entered he looked at eliab and thought eliab is the first born son of jesse surely the lord's anointed is before him he thought say he thought so our thinking can be wrong our thinking can be hello church your thinking can be wrong my thinking can be wrong 
So don't go by your thinking. Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to, to Samuel, do not look at the out, look, do not look at his, uh, his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Even before he was selected, he was rejected. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Second son also, not chosen him either. Then Jesse made Shama pass by. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? Because he knows that there is one. Because it's a God's word. God's word says you can go to Jesse's house and you will anoint the king that I have chosen. Are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. The youngest. Say Kunjumon. Or Kuchumon. In, in, in the Kerala culture, they used to name, give names like that. The first one, son will be called, say, Mon. And the second one will be called, Kochimon. And then if the daughter comes, it will be Kochimol. So there's this Kochimon here. The one remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is tending the sheep. The others are in the house with the father. The others are presentable. Say presentable. They are presentable. They are macho. Say macho. They have... Uh, I'm looking at Ken. They, 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 have, they have some gym experience. Okay? So, they, so the, Jesse said, okay, come. One, Eliab comes. No. Abinadab comes. No. Shama comes. No. The fourth one comes. No. Five, six, seven. No. Ask for the next one. Are there more children? Yes. One, the youngest. Even the father was doubtful about him. Because he's the youngest. And he has got other business. What's that? Tending the sheep. Behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. See, when God sends you on a mission, don't, don't, don't waste time. Don't waste time. Don't, don't rest. Because the word of the Lord has sent you for something. Fulfill it. Amen. So he sent and brought him in. Now he is ruddy with beautiful eyes and handsome appearance. Not a, not a, 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 a person fit for, to be a king. Ruddy, beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. Very young. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. Hallelujah. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Amen. Let's stop it there because there's so much to look into. The choice of God is not based on your uh, 
your titles is not based on your progress card it's not based on your accomplishments it's not based on what others think about you it's not based on what your parents think about you what god wants to do through you is not based on the evaluation of man the evaluation of man will say this person is fit for this tending sheep this person is fit for this is youngest but not to be a king that's the evaluation of man but god has a certain other evaluation about you man god does not look at the outward uh, outward appearance god does not look at what the world has said about you he sees something else he sees something else man he will make all the others pass by he he has got see the lord has got time concerning the one that he wants to choose you will say okay pass 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 seven times he said pass and said now this one pour the oil on him so if you've been rejected by people if you've been rejected by people if you've not been considered by people see all that takes for god to pick you is a heart that follows after him man a heart full of obedience unto god a heart that is broken now if you if you if you look at the psalms that this man wrote he was always about what god is feeling what god is the anger of god he felt it the sadness of god he felt it the power of god the majesty of god he felt it there is david and because of which god said this man is fit to be king a man not the one who is macho not the one who is um, mighty or tall don't look at the stature don't look at the height but look at the one that i say i'm going to attest this man and pour the oil on him man saul was rejected because he never pursued after the heart of god but david was selected god, david was chosen because he pursued the heart of god in fact we know that when he was in the in the in the in the field taking care of the sheep what was he doing he was with god man he was writing songs of worship he was singing songs of worship he was a man he was a man full of worship man full of worship the world did not know about him you can be in, ob- in an obscure corner nobody would know about you you might you don't have to work your way through people listen you don't have to work your way through people if god has seen you he will call for you listen he will call for you if god has seen you and your heart you will be called for 